We welcome you again to the Radio Bible Course and our study of the Bible's accuracy. Fulfilled prophecy is one of the greatest testimonies for the inspiration of the Scripture. One scholar has counted the prophecies and said there are at least 300 separate prophecies concerning Jesus Christ. Well, whether that be true or not, it certainly is a good ballpark figure. Now, there are many prophecies about Jesus Christ which have not yet been fulfilled. They are messianic prophecies in regard to the kingdom, the kingdom over which he will rule. There are other messianic prophecies that foretold his role as a prophet, as a priest, and also as the Savior. In the book of Psalms alone, there are at least 11 Psalms that deal with Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at some of those. We're going to be concerned primarily, however, with those prophecies which have been fulfilled because they are the strongest testimony for the accuracy of the Bible. How could David, having written 1,000 years before Jesus Christ, have predicted so many things about the Savior, about his resurrection, about his crucifixion, about his betrayal and his death and burial? Well, it would have been impossible to guess these things. There are prophecies that foretold his death, his incarnation, his meekness, his rejection by the people of Israel, his resurrection, his sufferings, and his ultimate triumph. One of the earliest prophecies is found in Genesis chapter 12, and it concerns the blessing that Christ would be to all nations. The Lord said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is a direct prophecy concerning how God was going to bless all peoples through Abraham. Millions of people over the centuries have been blessed through Abraham. And the explanation is, through Abraham's descendant, Jesus Christ. The promise was made by God to Abraham with the understanding that Abraham would produce descendants, one of whom would be a blessing to all the world. That's how Paul understood it. Listen to Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham, quote, All nations will be blessed through you. So, those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Paul said this was an announcement of the gospel. Gospel means good news. Abraham heard the good news. God had promised that through him would come one who would bring good news to the whole world and be a blessing to the whole world. This was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. 
As you travel around the world, you'll meet people in every country who have believed in this descendant of Abraham, Jesus Christ. Their lives have been changed. They are sure that they have an eternal inheritance which God promised to Abraham. They are certain that they are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, heirs of the promise. They have eternal life. This is the blessing that God promised in Genesis chapter 12. There's another prominent prophecy in the books of Moses. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Listen to verse 15. God is speaking to Moses. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brethren, him you shall heed. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of assembly, that's a reference to Mount Sinai, when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And that's what the people said at Mount Sinai. When they heard the voice of the Lord, they said, Moses, you speak to us. We're afraid to hear God's voice. The mountain was smoking and shaking. There was an earthquake. And God had descended upon Mount Sinai, and it was a fearful experience. So God said, I'm going to raise up another prophet. And in verse 17, God tells Moses, And the Lord said to me, They have rightly said all that they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not give heed to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Well, he's speaking here of a new prophet who would be like Moses, but who would come in the future. And notice, God said, the people should listen to this new prophet, which meant they would no longer be listening to Moses, because a new prophet would come on the scene who would succeed Moses. And he would come with the word of God. God promised here that he would put his words in the mouth of that prophet. As he said, I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It's interesting that Jesus claims to have done exactly that. At the end of John chapter 12, he said, I have said nothing on my own initiative. I have only spoken those words which the Father gave me to speak. He has given me what to say and what to speak. He claimed to be the spokesman of God. And he claimed to be equal with God, that God had given him the word. And he spoke it to the people as a representative of the Father. Jesus Christ was the spokesman for the Father. Everything that God wanted to say to the men of Israel, he said through Jesus Christ. Jesus reminded the Jews in John chapter 5, You sent to John... And he has borne witness to the truth, not that the testimony which I receive is from man, but I say this that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining light, 
and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light, but the testimony which I have is greater than that of John. For the works which the Father has granted me to accomplish, these very works which I am doing, bear me witness that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness to me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness to me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. That Jesus was the spokesman for God is brought out in a famous passage in John chapter 5, verse 24, where Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. The reason he said, he who hears my word, is because he was speaking the word of God. And then he said, and believes him who sent me, implying that the word which he was speaking was sent by the Father, and therefore he turned people to the word of the Father and said, Believe him who sent me. Why? Because I'm speaking his word, is what Jesus is telling these people. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word, which I'm speaking for the Father, and believes him who sent me with his word has eternal life. What does that say about men today who do not believe in Jesus but claim that they believe in God? Well, they're not listening to God because God sent the Son to speak for him and he's his only spokesman. And if you don't hear Jesus, you don't hear God. As he said in John 5.23, that all may honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. We ought not to generalize and endorse all religions as being good. How can they be good if they ignore the Father and the Father's spokesman? Whatever they are worshiping, it isn't the God of the Bible and the God of the resurrected Jesus Christ. There aren't many ways to God. Jesus insisted on a very narrow way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And when Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we shall be satisfied, Jesus said, have I been with you so long and yet? You do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The prophet of whom God spoke to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 18 is Jesus of the New Testament. And that's confirmed by the Apostle Peter. For he in Acts chapter 3 said this, Moses said, The Lord God 
will raise up for you a prophet from your brethren as he raised me up. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul that does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. He is quoting Deuteronomy 18 and applying it to Jesus Christ, whom he said the Father had sent, and whom heaven must receive until the time for establishing all that God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. Yes, Peter believed that Jesus was the prophet of Deuteronomy 18, and he came and spoke for the Father, and that prophecy was fulfilled. Another prophecy about Jesus comes in Psalm 110, verse 4, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. This was an eternal priesthood. Jesus didn't qualify to be a Levitical priest. He came from the wrong tribe. His priesthood is of another order, an eternal one, because he would offer one sacrifice one time for all the sins of the whole world and then sit down. And now he's in heaven as a priest making intercession for us. All believers have a priest. All men must have a priest. And those who believe have an eternal priest in heaven. Who is your priest? It's better to listen to the priest in heaven than a priest on the earth. The inspiration of the scripture is confirmed by fulfilled prophecy. Tune in tomorrow for more. We invite your letters and comments about these broadcasts. Till tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.